Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and hopefully you're enjoying your run up through to Christmas 2019 and uh, it's an enjoyable one for you because I think it's we're in a bit of a different position now uh, economically and a whole range of other things but uh, hopefully also didn't spend too much on those Black Friday sales that we had just over a week ago there I think um, there's a lot of positives to be had from that in terms of the market and our economy etc in terms of yeah, uh, consumer spending, those sorts of things, but hopefully didn't spend too much. I always have a bit of a challenge with this whole Black Friday thing, you know, this whole American Black Friday. Why would you call something Black Friday in the first place for a shopping event? Um, why would you do that? But more importantly, I think from my point of view as an Australian, you know, I look at Black Friday to me, it was a massive bushfire and devastation and and that's what we always um, had to remember, Black Friday, in terms of the, the devastating bushfires that we actually went through. And then also now having Black Friday as a big retail selling day, I think, is a little bit much for me. Um, I think they just should just have pre-Christmas sale or whatever else they want to do. It. But it seems like there's always something on sale nowadays, isn't it? If we don't, it's not on sale, people won't buy it, um, which has just been, we've been pre-programmed to wait for that 30 to 70% off sale before we buy anything um, I think they were talking about 60 plus percent or 70 percent of the retail sales for the year it happens around this time of year but anyway that's not even the subject of my chat today um, I really wanted to chat about you know partnerships and I'm talking about life partnerships here not just not business ones but life partnerships where it's about money and to, we all remember the time when we moved in with our with a partner for the very first time for some of us, we were very, very, very young, just moving out straight out of home. Others, a little bit later, but up until that point in time, every dollar we spent, or we could choose where we spend it, without a care in the world. We could have, you know, go on holidays, go and buy new cars, whatever we wanted to do, and we didn't have anybody else to worry about. And you know, what what money we earned, we were allowed to save, spend, invest, do what we like to do it. But after moving in together with the person that you've chosen to move in that changes things because you've got bills you've got things to buy for your home and lots of other things and I remember when I met my wife and I was living in a two-bedroom townhouse and I had it was pretty sparse you know and I was doing all my hand charting on a outdoor dining table you know in the middle of my kitchen and my partner said to me, why didn't you buy stuff? Like, you don't have much stuff here. And I went, yeah, why do I need it? Because when I meet my life partner, you're gonna, they're going to throw it out anyway. 
because it's just guy stuff. Because us guys don't need to be necessarily as house proud. So that's really what I was getting at is like, why spend the money buying things that I liked only for this life partner that was going to come along that was going to change it all anyway. And <laughs> that happened. That happened a couple of times. I had, you know, different friends, uh, female friends come to my house for dinner or whatever else. And they asked me the same question. And I said, eventually, somebody's going to throw it all out. And that's exactly what happened. Um, not throw it all out, but you know what I mean? You get that, oh, that'll go really well in the garage or out in the alfresco, that sort of stuff, especially for an outdoor dining table. But anyway, I wasn't allowed to, you, 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 things change when you move in. Um, and there are things from, you know, you've got joint bills, you know, buying a house, all sorts of other things. Um, and whilst you're young, it's pretty easy managing our money as we tend not to have a lot of it. So it's a little bit easier to manage. And uh, what we do have, we like to spend on ourselves by having fun or, you know, going on holidays, whatever the case may be. But, uh, and this can still be the case even when we move in with a partner. We just need to make sure that it's planned out. We can still have fun and we can still do things, but not to our longer-term detriment of not only the partnership, but also your long-term future as far as your financial situation long-term. Um, but that is, you know, so we can be a little bit more fancy-free, but that's until a point where we actually decide that together is forever, or you hope it's forever and that forever person is really really want to knuckle down and go okay so what is our money what do we got what do we want to get so generally in a relationship or in a relationship one of you is better at managing the money than the other like some are good at spending and some are good at saving that's just how it is some are better at numbers and figures and some are not and i've been helping people for well over two decades now and and it still comes up today you know we get um people we're teaching to trade and and they go the one that's trading goes oh my partner's really good at the budgeting and blah 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 and so therefore I'm doing this or you know hey I'm really good at this my partner doesn't do that they do this so but again one of you is good at budgeting and managing those household finances and dare I say it's not uncommon to find that one partner is good at spending and one is good at saving. It's just normal. And you get that conversation again on the phone with people saying, oh, you know, I would save a lot more money, but my partner keeps spending it. Um, but this can and does lead to issues. And we all know that money talk, or the talk between partners about money, is often the hardest talk that we actually have with our partner. And it really is a major reason for many breakups and a lot of disharmony in a relationship. But it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, in fact, money issues are the downfall of many friendships, along with the destruction of relationships within a family. Now, there's something something really to be said for that, saying that neither a borrower or a lender be, especially when it comes to family and friends. I know, you know, the times when you leave a lender, family members, money and they don't pay it back. How does that? It creates issues. And same with friends. You know, people that were friends, lifelong friends after they lend money and, and something else, they're no longer friends anymore. But let's get back to your significant other. Now, if you plan to share life with somebody, having financial discussions is something that you should do on a regular basis. Because after all, it's, it's, it is assumed that if you desire to spend your life with someone, um, that you most likely have similar goals in what you want to achieve, so similar values, similar goals, similar desires. Therefore, having a chat about money is or should be part of your normal life. It should be part of the daily routine, almost like having breakfast. The challenge is, that, is uh, this, with that money adds energy to everything. And what I mean by here is that if you have pain, then depending on how much money you have, the money can either take the pain away or it can increase the pain. 
For example, if you have a house and you're struggling to pay the mortgage and then one partner loses their job, you'll see the pain increase. As there's less money coming in, the partner without a job gets a lot more thrown at them. Why did you lose your job? Blah, blah, blah. Go and get another job, whatever. That sort of stuff happens. So the pain increases. Whilst the opposite is true, if your partner or both of you get a pay rise, it can actually relieve that financial pain. Or maybe you might even win the lottery lottery, you know, or a horse race and get some a big chunk of money coming in that might help you out. But again, more money relieves the pain, less money increases the pain. So money is so important in our life that it does not matter whether you're in a long-term relationship or just starting out with a new partner. You will need to address it and the sooner the better. And often some of these new relationships, when you're with a partner, the little money issues like, well, you know, why didn't you go... Why are you making me pay for dinner? Why are we going? Why don't we split the bill? You know, um, while we're going here, well, I can't afford to do that. You can afford to do that because you get paid more money than me. But you do need to understand the person that you're with. So it doesn't matter whether you're just starting out or whether you've been together for 20, 30 years. You do need to address them, and the sooner the better, as I say. So today I thought I'd chat to you about some things you need to think about to help smooth that financial situation or get get it under control and hopefully avoid some of the all the financial tsunami um, from drowning you. Because uh, we've seen a lot of people drown under a financial tsunami and relationships break up, marriages break up, all sorts of things. So the first thing you really need to do is set down the parameters of how you intend to operate as a couple financially. And this is sort of like, how do I say, like a business plan, so to speak, to some degree. Because you are operating like a unit, and so you need to plan that out. And so what I mean by here is that uh, that is that who will be the one managing things? Because how the bank accounts are set up and all those other things, or where are the bills going to come? If the bills come in, where do they go? Who handles them? How, when do they get paid? Do they get paid on time or do they get paid a week early? Or, you know, or you're one of these people that likes to see the red ones coming through the mail and go, pay now or we'll cut you off. One or whatever that is. So, so you need to go down and look at uh, what you're actually doing so that you are having a process so that if you get your credit card statements or whatever it is and uh, you know that the one person managing that knows everything and that they can deal with everything otherwise it does will create issues for you um, then you need to look so so basically you're getting set up whatever that is uh, whatever, however that looks to you now then you need to look at at the document and what you spend money on now or look look at and document what you spend money on now so what I mean by that is as a couple you decide on what's fair and equitable in the relationship along with reasonable limits on personal spending for example you might like to allocate $100 a month to a hobby or just to splurge on whatever and probably the, 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 the what I'll mention here is um, I sat down with um, my first wife and maybe and because uh, she was overspending and there was nothing in the bank account and she was managing the money and paying the bills and everything else and I remember sitting down there with her one day and I said well why isn't the money in the bank account and we're having a chat about it and, and I wasn't getting a lot of great answers so I said look we need to sort this out in, but if we don't sort it out in a month's time I want to take over all the money and we'll sit down and work it out and that's not something she wanted to do because she was a good spender not necessarily a good saver and a month went by still didn't have the money in the bank account that I thought we should have. So we sat down and I said, right now, what are you going to spend the next hour or so, whatever it is, and write down every single thing you spend money on. Everything. That was from hair, for makeup, to unit coffees with the girls, whatever it was. 
And we plonked it all down. And when she'd finished, I said, okay, is that everything you spend money on? And she said, yes. So then we tattled it, tallied it all up. And I went, right, you're happier with this much. And so we came to a figure. And on a monthly basis, I agreed to put that money into a bank account for her. And all the other bills, the household bills, the cars, everything else was taken care of. But those were the, all the personal things that she liked to spend money on. As I said, like hair, makeup, those sorts of things. We're all in a bank account for her. Now, she ran out in two weeks in the first month. And in the second month, she ran out in three weeks. But when she ran out, she goes, well, how much, how am I going to pay for lunch? I said, well, there's fruit, there's bread, there's stuff in the kitchen. You can make your own lunch. Because the thing is, they, the, she didn't actually understand what she was spending money on and exactly how much she was spending on. But once that was documented, it made it a hell of a lot easier. And from then on, she was always under budget and everything else and planning for her spending so that she knew. So what happened is it gave her a lot more freeing up. So, and that's a really important thing is that actually freed her up to spend, not restricted her spending because it allowed her to allocate and make choices on what was more important to her. Was it a new dress or whether it was, you know, lunch with the girls or was it something else? And that's really what you need to look do. And so thereby documenting everything you spend money on, you start to be able to make conscious choices about whether it's spending the way you wanted to spend or whether it's just wasting money for yourself. Uh, and that's really what it is. So basically, this list puts you together or both together and on the same page as it shows everything that's critical for you to spend money on. So, and further to this, that you both agree that it's acceptable. So you're agreeing to saying, yes, what your list is acceptable. You're agreeing to what my list is acceptable, but you can get to talk about it. You know, it's like if you spend too much money on alcohol, you can have a chat about it. You know, saying, well, maybe instead of having, you know, five bottles of wine a week, it's only two, and that's Friday and Saturday. So you come to some agreements. Now, here there has to be some give and takes. You know, we also know um, not just... Some people have different hobbies, those sorts of things. But we also know that ladies, you know, they're going to spend more on hair. A female haircut is two to three times, four times, and ten times more expensive than a male one. I have no idea why, but it is. Um, but also they've got makeup and other essential things that ladies need that guys don't. Um, and so you do need to have that bit of give and take on that because a lot of ladies have to do, you know, have to have the clothes, the hair, the makeup and everything for their job. So that's really important to make sure that that's possible. But again, you need to agree that this spending on the spending and then plan. So, so, or sorry, a plan can be then put in place so that you can move forward in the right manner so that you're not um, feeling like you're, you're being, um, I won't say left out, but you're saying like you're being abused, that you're earning all this money and somebody else is spending it all. Because that does happen. We see couples like that where one's really good at spending and the other one's good at saving and making money and they're, 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 the money's going out the door. Um, and so you do get um, uh, resentment coming on and that causes issues. But And we're trying to avoid that by self document it all, all agree to what's going on, and then you move forward from that way. You also need to set some financial goals as a couple, not just spending plans. So it's not just about spending, it's also about other financial goals. So you need to look at where you, where you want to be in one, five, ten years' time and plan your investment savings, you know. Ah, you know, this could be your superannuation, shares, property investment, saving for a deposit on your house, the house itself, you know, kids, blah, blah, blah. Could even be holidays. But you need to have investing goals and you need to have personal personal goals and you need to fund those within your plan. So once you have a plan for spending and saving, 
then like most couples, one of you will most likely be the driver of the plan. One will go, yep, I'll do it. You don't need to worry about it. I'm going to do it. I like to control it because you might be, have a control freak as a partner and they generally always do this. But that's okay. One person generally managing it is fine. And the person that manages the money and they usually do so without much assistance from the other partner. And that's okay too. But you've got to remember the, the partner doing it is sitting down for one, two, three, four, five hours a month doing going through the receipts doing all of that sort of stuff marking it all and making sure the bills are paid so it's not an easy easy quick job but the partner not doing it needs to understand that so you're for the, you're the non-participating partner in the budget paying the bills money management whatever you want to call it you need to be aware of what's going on and hence have regular meetings and you say once a month you just maybe go out for breakfast and say okay so how's the money this month what's going on are we getting our goals and don't do it from a judgment point of view. If you're the non-participating partner, just inquire and then talk to the partner that's doing it and say, okay, how are we going? What do you suggest, etc. Do you need more help from me? How can we work this? Because we both have goals. Because doing, you know, we, there's a lot of pressure on the partner that's doing things. And so what we need to do is talk. So keep things together and that you both stay aligned to the goal, the common goal, the common good. Now, most importantly, you need to stick to your commitment, as I was saying before, as far as spending goes, um, is it not uh, is not mm-hmm. committing to your spending goals, meaning you making sure you're sticking to what you're doing, that's going to cause issues because if one partner's doing all the work and the other partner's spending more, that's going to create resentment and we want to avoid that. Um, so, therefore, you need to be committed to the following plan because resentment will build and eventually the tsunami will occur uh, when the other partner's had enough. So get serious um, is my advice. Play your part and everything will be sweet. Now every year, maybe around tax time, it's great for you to review your past year because you're going to get your group certificate. You know what's going on. You're doing your tax returns. Perfect time to do this. You can look at each other. You can have a bit of fun. Maybe you plan a weekend away around that tax time. So you have a weekend away. You reset your goals. You adjust your plan for the next. Sit down and talk about it. Because that way you both stay aligned as to what your short, medium and long-term goals are. And you can both work to achieving them so that you do get there. And if you've got children, you can bring them into the plan as well. Because then everybody's on the same goal. Now, when sticking to your financial plan, it can sometimes feel... Uh, things are not happening fast enough and I know what that can feel like and you both need to be patient and you both need to work together however another thing I'd suggest is that it not it's not all work and no play so plan a dinner out a holiday a weekend away remember you are a couple and you need to do couple things and if you manage your money well doing these things will not cause stress for you rather they'll do the opposite is you're really rewarding yourself for doing a good job in managing the money and managing the finances and getting to your goals. Now, money stress comes from not having enough. Now, to fix money worries, you can increase your income, decrease your expenditure, or you can do both. Getting your money under control takes some time and discipline, but it can be done if you work together. Working together to achieve your money success is both rewarding and enjoyable, and even more enjoyable if you do it together as a couple. So that's my tips for managing your money together as a couple. Hopefully you've enjoyed my podcast today. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com 
www.learningcentre.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.